You're listening to the PT Profit Podcast, episode number 11. Today, we're going through 10 business fundamental steps to help you start generating revenue today. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Beverly Simpson, former fitness manager turned online personal training business owner. And this podcast is where smart fitness professionals, including trainers and clinicians, discover how to increase client performance in movement, package and position their products and services and get out of their own way so that they can increase their revenue to live a life that they love without sleazy sales. Welcome to the PT Profit Podcast. What's up, Coach? Beverly Simpson here, and thanks again for tuning in to the PT Profit Podcast. I'm really excited for today's episode. It's just me today, and we are hanging out and going through like a 10-step checklist, if you will, of the things that I wish that I had known back when I first started my online business. So this is a compilation of stuff that I have learned building my own business and seeing what's helped my clients be successful. And also from what I've learned and seen from my own mentors, and I've had many, which we've talked about often on this podcast. So I'm super excited to get started and to dive in. Now, just checking in two things. If you haven't already and it's your first time joining, please be sure to hit subscribe and leave us a review, but send us a screenshot of the review before you submit it because we'll send you a bonus episode of how to optimize your Instagram so that you can start attracting your high paying clients. You can send that to support at bsimpsonfitness.com. The other thing is if you're feeling stuck at all in terms of what to post, I got you. I created a seven-day content calendar that's going to help you create your posts for the next seven days. So be sure to check the link in the show notes because you'll be able to download it there. So without further ado, let's just go ahead and get started. So the first thing, this is back in the day, if I were to start my brand new fitness business, someone came to me and said, Beverly, what should I do? This would be the first thing that I would do. And the first thing that I would ask myself is, what do you want to talk about? Friend, your fitness business is not about you and it's not for you. Now that sounds harsh, but what I mean is, Whatever it is that you're talking about, you have to be so on board and so passionate with talking about it because you are going to be talking about it all the time. So think about it. Think about your own fitness goals and think about the fitness fundamentals, right? We all talk about squat, hinge, push, pull, carry, core. We're all talking about breathing. These are things that we do all the time of the time, literally all of the time, every training program for however many years you've been working or working on your fitness programs, creating them, doing them, designing them, they all have fundamental moves. And so your business and the content and the message that you're going to create is the same thing. So your business and your content is not about you in the sense that you're not writing for yourself. You're not writing to inspire yourself, 
but you are writing to inspire your ideal client. So there are going to be times that you're going to repeat yourself over and over and over. In fact, if you're not repeating yourself, you may be missing the mark because repetition is the mother of all learning. We don't just squat once and say, okay, we did it. Good job. And then move on. No. So most coaches out there will tell you, you know, you need to niche down because the riches are in the niches, right? So I get that. I get that concept. I know why people say that, but oftentimes we need to take a look at what it is that we want to talk about and what it is that we are going to feel good about talking about all the time, because you're going to be talking about it all of the time. And so this is oftentimes why I start with my clients, we start talking about the offer and I'm going to get to that. That's on the list. But when I start getting clients, you know, we're like, okay, well, who do you want to talk to? I don't know, especially for fitness professionals, because so many fitness professionals, they have had the pleasure and privilege of working with a whole slew of different people. And so they have experience training all kinds of people. And so when you have that kind of experience and you have that competence in training, it can be hard because you feel like I want to grow my business and I want to help everyone. I get that. But the reason why people say to niche down is because you need to connect with people. And if you speak to everybody, you speak to no one. That's where that concept comes from. That's why niching down is important but oftentimes it can feel overwhelming and people feel intimidated by it. So if I start with number one, well, what do you want to talk about? What's the transformation that you want to provide? Oftentimes who you speak to starts to reveal itself when you start talking about the transformation that you want to provide. So I look at me, for example, I resisted niching down for a long time because I had done so many different things and I didn't want to niche down because I thought that it was going to limit me. But that's actually one of the worst mistakes that you can make. By not niching down, you are speaking to everyone. So no one feels like you're speaking to them. There's no connection. And so I just started thinking about, okay, what do I want to talk about? What do I want to do? What lights me up? And for me, as someone who had gone through a massive weight loss journey, I mean, when I got pregnant with my two daughters, I had two really complicated, miserable pregnancies and fourth trimester. And so I had actually gained over 50 pounds on each one of their pregnancies. And I did it really quickly in the third and fourth trimester. And so that was just a very confusing time for me. So I had a lot of thought and energy really put into creating the habits that were going to last for consistent weight loss. And so for me, that's all I was thinking about. That's all I was talking about. So it was clear that I wanted to help other people go through the same types of transformation that I had gone through. So it was clear that I wanted to speak to moms and I wanted to speak to moms and weight loss specifically and how to do it without compromising their self-esteem. So it became very clear who I was serving when I started to get clear on what it is that I wanted to talk about. And the other thing that's really important about number one is that oftentimes, and this happens a lot when we're first starting out, is we're looking to other mentors, we're looking to other influencers, we're looking to other fitness professionals, and we get influenced by their content and influenced in the way of what is right and what is wrong. 
And it's not a matter of what is wrong and what is right. It's a matter of what it is that you want to talk about, who it is that you want to serve, and what is it that they need to hear from you. So oftentimes, I know for me, I'll give you my example, is that when I first started in the fitness industry, I felt like I couldn't talk about weight loss because there was this stigma and somehow wanting to lose weight had gotten associated with wanting to lose your self-esteem, which just isn't the case. And it isn't the case for a lot of people. And so it wasn't a matter of whether or not that message was right It was a matter of getting comfortable and confident in talking to the people who needed to hear that message. And so my content was kept speaking to my colleagues and your colleagues and writing for your colleagues isn't going to pay your bills. And so we're definitely going to talk about that a little bit later as well when we get to the offer part. But when you're creating and and really getting clear on what it is that you want, That's going to help shape the type of content that you want to create or that you need to create rather to speak to your ideal client. So this leads me to number two, which is leverage your current audience. And so what I mean by that is once you start getting clear on what it is that you want to talk about, you kind of know the transformation and the service that you want to provide, take a look at your current client list, at your past client list, at your friends on Facebook, look at your current Instagram, you already have an audience, even if it's a hundred followers. And so, so many trainers and so many professionals come to me and say, Beverly, I want to grow my Instagram. I need to have the 10,000 followers. I need to have followers. And I get that. I understand that you want to have, you want to build a sense of authority, a sense of social proof. Oftentimes trainers think that if they have more people to speak to, then they're going to get clients. But that's actually one of the biggest mistakes that you can make. I can point to you so many different social media accounts that have 3,000 followers and yet their business is worth millions of dollars. That is a vanity metric. When you're constantly chasing the top of funnel, the traffic, but you haven't filled out the rest of the backend stuff, which we're going to get into today. That's like saying, I want to take a bath and I'm going to turn the bath water on and I'm going to fill up the bathtub, but you haven't plugged up the drain. And so many people don't pay attention or they think that their current Facebook friends or their current audience doesn't matter because they're their friends and then their family, or maybe it's old coworkers or whoever it is. But think about it, especially if you're first starting, have you ever spoken in a room filled with a hundred people and you're presenting in the room. That's what it's like to post on Instagram or to post on Facebook. You have a hundred captivated eyeballs looking at your content saying, saying to you, they've raised their hand and said, I'm paying attention to you. I care about what you say. So just because it's old high school friends, or just because it's old friends that you haven't spoken to in a really long time or family members, there's still people with goals and there's still people that you can serve. And there's still people that will give you a lot of valuable information. So we want to spend time with them. We don't want to ignore them or dismiss them. But when you're looking out into your audience, you want to ask yourself based on number one, based on what it is that I said, based on who it is and what it is that I want to talk about, Am I in a room of my ideal clients? I'll give you an example, right? So 
And if you're not new to this podcast, you've heard me talk about how Instagram's a cocktail party. So when I first started my Instagram account, I was talking to moms and I was speaking specifically to moms, talking about their fitness and their mindset and helping them and their food and their nutrition. But then I recently, if you're listening to this podcast now, when it's being published in July, I had recently switched to serve trainers. And so now my account is completely transforming and I'm losing people in droves. And the reason why is because they are not my ideal client anymore. These moms that aren't interested in personal training, they're not interested in the science of training and they're not interested in marketing and messaging. They're leaving my account. And that's a good thing because we're changing the party. We're going to a different party. I'm speaking to a different audience. So that's a good thing. So when you're looking out at your network and looking out at your people that are your friends, are these people your ideal clients? If so, even if it's just five, awesome, speak to them, nurture them, love them. We're going to get to that. That's also on the list. But if they're not, that's okay. You need to create the content that speaks to the people you want to attract because the people that are not your ideal clients, the people that will not purchase your products and services, they're going to leave the party and that's okay. It doesn't mean anything about you. It just means they're leaving the party. And especially people who are just starting, right? They, maybe you haven't had a lot of clinical hours, meaning you haven't trained a lot of people and you're just, maybe you just got your certification. So get in front of the people that you already have, even if they are your friends or your old high school folks, people that you haven't spoken to a lot. They've got goals. You can help them. Okay. So number three, now that we're starting to get clear on who it is that we're talking to, and we're starting to get clear on the transformation that we want to provide, we need to start figuring out what your ideal client's struggles are. So now we have looked at who it is that we're hanging out and we kind of have an idea as to who it is that we want to attract. So now we're going to move on to number three. And number three, it's kind of two parts because this is where we're going to do market research. And we're not going to do market research in the same way that most people teach market research. Now, what I mean by that is it's not most people and most coaches out there will tell you. You need to go ask your people what their goal is, what their struggle is, what you want, and you do. That is an important component, but oftentimes that is what leads, in my opinion, to content being vanilla. And what I mean by vanilla is that content doesn't stand out. This is when you start to just become part of the noise, and we really need to you position our content to stand apart from other people. And so... What you want to do now that you know what it is your transformation is, is you want to do, start figuring out what your message is. And I mean message in terms of, you know, what it is that your company, that your system, that your method stands for. Okay. So now we're going to start with number three. Now, honestly, if I'm being fully transparent, a lot of these steps, it was hard for me to decide what comes first, because the truth is that a lot of these things, they work synergistically together. They, they depend on each other. When you, every time you take a next step, it's going to influence another component to your business building. And it all works 
like a circle and work synergistically in that way. So I've created this podcast in the hopes to help chunk it down for you, to help make it a little bit simpler, to just put one step in front of the other. But you'll notice and find that I tend to talk about things and how they influence each other. So I kept going back and forth about, oh, what to start with next for number three, but we're going to start number three and call it magnetic messaging. And then number four is market research. And they're both important and they often tend to work synergistically together. And what I mean by that is most coaches will tell you once you know what you want it is that you want to talk about, what the transformation is, and then you leverage your network, they're going to tell you to get out there and do some market research and ask your people, you know, what are you struggling with? What's your goal? And that information, it is important, but I'm going to teach you how to do some market research based on number one, that's different than when most coaches do, which is you need to start thinking about your own uniqueness that's going to set you apart in the market in terms of your messaging. It's not enough to just say, oh, hey, I want to teach moms how to lose weight. The brain needs you to grab its attention and then show it what's unique, new, and revolutionary. So once you recognize this is what you do, you want to work on rehab, you want to work on weight loss, whatever it is that you want to work on, I want you to start coming up with your message, what it is that you stand for that is different than what the industry says. So what the industry believes, what the industry is teaching and pushing out, what do you stand for that's different? And I want you to start thinking about that because that's going to help influence your content is you're going to start highlighting that and you're going to start shifting people's perspective by getting them on board with what you believe in, which we want to be polarizing. Now, I'm not saying for the record that we need to reinvent the wheel. I'm not saying that that's like saying, let's reinvent squats. That's when we start to get into trouble and people start to move away from the basics. The basics work and they work for a reason. But have you considered that just the fact that you have your own context, that you have your own experience, your own transformation, your cues, your story, that's what's going to help make it unique and what make it new. There's nothing out there that you can say for the most part that hasn't necessarily been said, or maybe it hasn't. And that's awesome. That's your way in, but no one's said it the way you're going to say it because you're you. And so you want to start paying attention to that and you want to start creating and start generating a list of those topics because your content is going to speak to that, which leads me to then number four, which is do the market research. So you can do number three and number four at the same time, but the market research is important for two reasons, because you're starting to generate content ideas, both for your program, both for your Instagram, for Facebook, for your podcast, YouTube, whatever. But a customer becomes a customer when they know, like, and trust you, when they feel like they need what you have to offer, they need it now and that they can do it. And it has to speak to their 
problem. Business is simple. It's not always easy, but the business side of it is attract an audience with a problem and then sell them the solution. So you don't want to be spending all weekend, all week, all your whole life trying to create a program that nobody wants because nobody is laying asleep at night going, oh, I just need another course. I need another course. They don't need another course. They don't need a membership. They don't need your coaching, but they need a solution to the problem that they are facing. That's what's keeping them up at night. And you need to know what that is. You need to know what the goal is, where they're trying to go. Then you need to know what the struggle is because that's the problem. Then you need to know what's preventing them from getting there because that's the objection. And then you also need to know what becomes possible for them when they achieve the goal because that's their values. And you need to have that information in their language. Because when you can use their language in your content and in your conversation, that's what's going to help build rapport. That's what's going to help deepen that sense of know, like, and trust. That's going to help you influence your content and influence your program because you're going to sell them the solution, which is going to lead me to number five, get very clear on your irresistible offer. Now your offer is not your program. It is not your services. Your offer is the promise of a transformation. Now, most fitness professionals, most trainers, they get into their head dollars per hour. I need to do X amount of sessions in order to get X amount of transformation. You know, if I'm going to work this month, I need to do eight months and they, or I need to do eight sessions and serve three clients. And they have conversations with their clients about sessions but it's not a matter of sessions. People don't necessarily care what is in the process. That's part of it. They care more about the promise of the transformation. If I said to you, take this pill in my left hand and you will lose all the weight that you want. You can eat whatever you want and work out three times a week and that's it. And you can, and you'll never have to worry about fitting into your clothes again or take the pill in my right hand and you'll get 13 sessions a month. You're going to get unlimited support. You're going to do a food journal. I'm going to make sure that all of your movement is right. And you're going to get nothing but time with me. You're probably going to go for which pill? Chances are you're going to go for the other pill and you don't even know what is in the process. You just know that if I take this course, and I do what she says, I'm going to get this outcome. So your offer is comprised of a promise, the process, what goes in it, and then of course, the price. And now people get tripped up on both the price and they get tripped up on the promise because I can't guarantee that you're going to do anything. I can't guarantee that you're going to to lose X amount of weight because I can't eat for you. I can't work out for you. And I don't know how far you have to go or where you're starting from. Now, listen, I get that, but that's not your responsibility. It's not your responsibility to do the work for them, but it is your responsibility to provide all the information, the accountability, and the support 
that they need to get to what that goal is. So listen, if they did everything that you said, would, what would they achieve? What would their life look like? And I want you to think about this as a tangible result, something that they can really walk away knowing that they've gotten there. So example, some people will say to me, well, they, my clients just want to feel better. I get that. How will they know when they feel better? That's what you want to be asking yourself. That's the promise. And then oftentimes when people get stuck and they, or when, when a product or a service doesn't sell, they often want to blame it on the price. Oh, it was too expensive. It was too expensive. I get that. And the reason why that's happening is because a person is always having the pricing conversation. They are always navigating in their brain and evaluating the price versus the perceived value. But the price is relative. I could tell you, spend $25 on this dirty, stinky black sock that has holes and hasn't been washed in three years. Or I could tell you, spend $25 and you can get this brand new iPhone 11 with every Apple upgrade that could possibly happen in your lifetime at no additional cost. That's a no brainer, but the actual price itself is the same. So price is only one component of the offer. And the only way you're going to know if you get this right is when rubber meets the road and you put it out in front of your audience. But we want to be sure that we're clear on what it is that we are going to be presenting. What's the offer? Not what's the program, what's the offer? All right, so that's going to lead us to number six, which is know your numbers. Now, I talked about this recently on an earlier podcast, but honestly, if you get nothing from this podcast but this, this would probably be the number one thing that I wish I had known when I first started my business, which is know your numbers. And it's going to go along with number seven, which is measure the metrics that matter. And honestly, it's so simple, but most people miss it, which is set a goal and then start measuring whether, where you are in the process. And now in the earlier podcast that I talked about, I can't remember what number it was, but I was talking about five habits of successful coaches that I've noticed. And part of that was detaching from the outcomes. But what I had recognized when I first started my business is that I had just pulled out these arbitrary numbers, tried to hit these goals. And then I had no idea whether or not where the machine was breaking down. I had no, I wouldn't hit these arbitrary goals that I had set. And then I'd get frustrated because I felt like I was doing everything right, but yet I didn't know where the breakdown was happening. When you know your numbers and when you can start keeping track of metrics that matter, the numbers are going to show you where the breakdown is. And so for an entire year, I was literally just wallowing in my own misery for not knowing why things weren't going right. And I was just quote unquote, doing everything right in my mind. I was not recognizing where the breakdown was because I didn't know my, mem my numbers and I didn't know what the metrics and I wasn't keeping track of the metrics that matter. In fact, I was just practicing the definition of insanity, which is 
do the same thing over and over and over again and expect a different result. It was like I was just throwing spaghetti on the wall. And that's honestly not the worst part. I'm really grateful and happy for that experience because it just led me to here. And now I'm just so clear on what it is that I'm doing and where I can look and where the breakdown is. And I can help other people do the same so that they can grow their business faster. So I'm grateful for that experience. But the worst part was that I was attached to the outcomes and making it mean something about me when it wasn't going the way that I wanted it to go. And then not being able to know where to fix it. That was the worst part. And I'm, just, I'm grateful for it now because I'm on the other side. And honestly, this is what I would want. And honestly, this is how I would want to help. And honestly, knowing this is what would help brand new business owners that are starting from the beginning. So when I say know your numbers, what numbers am I talking about? And then I, you know, the next step, which is tracking the metrics that matters, what are the metrics that matter? Well, okay. So there are a couple of things that you want to be looking at. When I'm saying know your numbers, I'm saying work with the end in mind. So get really clear on what it is that you want to generate up per month. Now, most people, they have in their mind that they're going to be successful, which is just not true, by the way, but that they're going to be successful when they hit 10K a month. Well, just for argument's sake, that's a whole nother podcast, which we'll talk about at another time. But just for argument's sake, let's just say the goal is that we are trying to generate 10K in the month. So let's work backwards from there. Now that you want a 10K month, you've already come up with your offer and part of your offer is having a price. So if you have created a program, like a transformation program that's $9.97, let's say, that means that you need to sell 10 units. 10 units to generate 10K per month. But let's just start for the first month for right now. So you know you need to sell 10 units. So that's a number that you are looking at. So then when you know that the next step right now, and this is going to be different depending on these numbers are going to be different depending on where you are in your business. But for argument's sake, let's just start from the beginning and let's just say that you're, that you're trying to generate one-on-one high paying clients. And so, you know, you need 10 clients and what you also need to know then is what is your closing rate percentage of phone calls to clients? So if you know you need 10 calls and then you know that you close at 50%, meaning if you do two calls, you'll get one client. That means that you have 20 calls that you know you need to book in that month. Then you can break it down from there. So if I need to do 20 calls in the month in order to get 10 clients, How many calls do I need to be booking out per week? And so that is how you can start getting really clear and mapping out a plan, a strategy based on knowing your numbers. Now, there are a whole bunch of other numbers that you want to be paying attention to. Like the other part of knowing your numbers is that, and this is what I meant when I was saying, you know, a 10K month doesn't mean a 10K salary. You need to start getting clear on what it costs, or you need to get clear on what the overhead investments are for your coaching, for your facility, for your marketing, for your efforts to generate the leads. That's going to be an expense that you need to take into consideration when you are knowing your numbers. 
and budget and setting a budget and getting clear on what it is that you need and what it is that you want. Then you can set the goals. So numbers are really important. So when we're looking at metrics that matter, it's important to revisit this concept, which I'm pretty sure I mentioned earlier, which is that all businesses need traffic and then you turn that traffic into a lead and then into a lead. And if they become a lead, when they raise their hand and say, yes, I'm interested in the next step. I want to go onto a sales call. I want to come to your webinar. I want to be a participant in your challenge. This is when they go and they enter the sales mechanism, which means that it is designed to go through a a complimentary experience. And in that experience, they get presented with the offer. And so all businesses need the traffic, the lead, and then from there, they turn into a customer, a paying customer. And so each step of the way, you're going to have benchmarks. You're going to have metrics that you will set depending on your experience, depending on guesstimations to help you assess whether or not the plan is working. And so typical metrics that matter are things. So if you're thinking about your traffic, it could be lots of things like what's your free content? Is it a podcast? So are you measuring your downloads? Are you measuring growth a week after week? Is it your Instagram? Are you measuring your followers? Are you measuring engagement? Is your free content your Facebook? Are you measuring your growth? Is your content YouTube? Are you measuring subscribers? But each step of the way is going to have metrics that you're measuring whether to determine whether or not it is going in the direction that you want, that the traffic is actually, is actually growing. And then the next step would be going into the sales mechanism. Now, depending on what the sales mechanism is, right? This is where I was talking about earlier. Now, there are really detailed metrics that you can start thinking about in terms of your landing page to assess whether or not things are going well or they're converting at a higher rate, meaning like you get 30% on your landing page. That's something that's important. And then there'll be a benchmark. There'll be a metric for you to determine whether or not you are taking the traffic, people that are hitting your content, and turning them into a lead or coming into the sales process. Now, if you're looking for that number, it's going to depend based on what your free traffic is, but I'll give you some typical things. Usually people will create a landing page or a website page that's going to capture the email address and you need that page to convert at 30%. So if a hundred people land on that page, then 30 people need to say yes and give you their email. That is a benchmark. And if not, then you need to go back and take a look at the copy and the headline and make sure that it makes sense. And then from there, your conversion rate, depending on what the sales experience is, it's going to differ depending on whether it's a call, whether it's a a webinar and people show up or whether it's a, say, a challenge. Those metrics that you are going to predetermine based on your experience, based on as you get better or work it, or work it out with your coach, that is going to be what that will give you insight into whether or not you're getting the lessons you need or the successes that you need. And so when you know what those metrics are, like if you know I have a 50% closing rate, then it becomes easier to get to your goal when you know, okay, I'm getting 20, I need 20 
people. I need a hundred people. I need to do 20 calls. When you're going after those numbers based on your metrics, based on your goals, that makes things easier. So just some industry standard things to be thinking about right now. You want your sales page to convert at two to 5%, which is, is typical. You want your landing page to convert at 30%. You want your email open rates to be 20% and the click-through rate to be two to 7%. Those are industry standard metrics based on where you are. Now, if you're listening to that for the first time and being like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I get it. Don't panic. Just take a deep breath and just just think about basic metrics, especially when you are talking about doing the sales call, getting on, a, getting on a strategy session and knowing what your conversion rate is on that. And if you've never done it before, cool, let's just book some calls and assume that you're going to have a 30% conversion rate. So when you make that guesstimation, you're going to guess, test, and assess. All right. So now that you have kind of a base understanding of where we're going, what you're doing, you've set out your goals, you know what you're going to do. The next thing that we're going to be doing is creating compelling content. So based on that magnetic messaging that you came up with and that grabs attention and that's unique and new in your way, your context, this is when we start to come up with the content that it's going to be a compilation that's going to push the people that you that are not your people away from you and pull in the people that are that are your ideal clients now if you need help with like what to post where do i post how do i post it i put this content calendar for you so be sure to go ahead and download that because it's going to map all of that out. Otherwise, we're going to be here on this podcast for 10 years. But that would be next, posting content, posting the content that is going to connect you to your ideal client and also teach them, give them value. A mentor of mine called this the friend content and the teaching content. That is when you're going to start, based on all of this legwork that you've already done, you're going to start putting out that content and you're going to put it everywhere on your Instagram, Facebook, whatever platform, your podcast, your YouTube channel, whatever that bottom of your Ascension model is, that free experience, you're going to put it there. And in that side of that compelling content, it's going to lay out like hook the meat of the potatoes and then are the meat of the content, like the intention of the content and then a call to action. So that's going to lead me to the last step, which is engage with your audience and community. People buy from people they know, like, and trust. Instead of spending time chasing new people and trying to get new people's attention, really spend time and nurture the people that are there, even if it's a hundred people, even if it's 50 people, just really engage and nurture those people that are already hanging out with you. And so you want that call to action to be an ask. You want it to be an ask to come to engage, be an ask to share insight, be an ask to click the link in your bio. To have them be an ask 
ask them to invite them into your experience, having a conversation with you, which will then lead to the ask for the sale. And then you just repeat and do it all over again. And last but not least, number 10, which is the assessing part. This is figure out what's working based on what's trending. So this kind of goes with knowing your numbers and measuring metrics that matter. People don't like to do this part because they feel like, you know, this is where we start looking at feedback. This is when we start looking at how well our posts are doing and what's doing well and what's not doing well. This is when we start talking to our clients about their experience. This is where we start to get some feedback so that we can determine what's working so that we can do more of that or we can stop doing it. Now, trainers don't want to do this because they start to feel like, ah, oh, this means I'm bad. But again, we are not attaching to outcomes. We are just eliciting information and feedback so that we can adjust and make decisions based on it. And that's how we're going to move forward in our business. And then we just keep doing it over and over and over again. All right. Let me see if I can recap, because remember, with this stuff, we, everything, every step is going to influence another step. So the first is you know, getting clear on what it is that you want to talk about, even if that means you have to kind of start thinking about your offer, what the promise is, and what's the transformation, but you want to get clear on who it is that you're talking about. Number two, leverage your current network. So just take a look at who's already hanging out with you. And then number three... Start to come up with your magnetic messaging, your unique position, your context, and then get into doing number four, which is your market research so that you can find the language of your ideal client and that you can start coming up with the content that's going to be influenced. So that information will influence what your magnetic messaging is. And then number five, getting really clear on your irresistible offer. And then from there, when you know what your offer is going to be, then you can start getting number, then you can do number six, which is know your numbers and really get clear on your goals. And then number seven, measure your metrics that matter. And then you want to get into number eight, which is create that compelling content based on all of the previous steps. And then number nine, engage with your audience, with your community, which will lead to an ask, an asking of their sales, an asking, an asking for engagement, which will help you grow, an ask for a share, which will help you grow. And then number 10, figure out what's working by looking at the numbers, by assessing. All right, friends, thanks so much for hanging out with me today and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you like this episode, chances are your friends will too. So be sure to share this episode with your friends on your social media networks. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and if you would, please leave us a review, but before you send it, send a screenshot and send it to support at 
thesimpsonfitness.com and we'll send you a bonus podcast recording on how to optimize your Instagram account to start attracting high paying clients. And if you need help with content, be sure to download the seven day content calendar, which will help you create your posts for the next seven days. So you know exactly what to post to attract high paying ideal clients. Thanks again for hanging out and we'll catch you on the next episode.